In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So funny thing about the Bible, all the really exciting stuff seems to happen up on a mountain. Today's gospel of the transfiguration tells of Jesus taking Peter, James, and John for a trek up a mountain. It's told in all three synoptic gospels, the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So it seems that whatever happened on that mountain, it's important enough for us to pay some attention to it. Peter's first impulse is, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, if you've ever taken little kids to Disney World or someplace like that, you may have gotten questions like, do we have to go home? Can't we just stay here? Well, today, Peter sounds a lot like that, doesn't he? Peter wants to set up three tents in this sacred space. And this places Moses, Elijah, and Jesus as approximate equals. And what that implies is the same level of authority of Old and New Testaments. Peter's suggestion was answered with a voice from the cloud that said, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him. What does this account reveal about the relationship between Jesus, the Messiah, and these two principal figures from the Old Testament? Well, Moses represents the law and Elijah represents prophecy. So the Old Testament law and the prophets. And then there's Jesus, all bedazzled. When Peter talks about building dwellings for the three of them, a cloud veils their vision. And when the cloud is removed, only Jesus remains and the voice singles him out. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Jesus is revealed as the fulfillment of the law and the prophets that preceded him. Jesus fulfills the law and the prophecy, bringing forth a new covenant, the covenant based on love, a new covenant where there's no room for judgment, no room for eye for an eye vengeance, a new covenant with a new way of being, a way of love. And so the transfiguration does not intend to draw us into a ghostly world of visiting with long dead biblical figures. What's important here is not the special effects, but what this story affirms about Jesus as the divine presence on earth, the Christ, the son of the living God. It points to the followers of Jesus coming to the realization that despite Jesus's apparent humanity, something illuminated from him that was divine. A glimpse for just a moment of the unveiling of God's presence in the person of Jesus. For just a moment, the veil is lifted to reveal the full union of Jesus's humanity with the presence of God. And we could all use a glimpse of the divine right about now, right? Perhaps we don't articulate it just that way, but don't we sometimes long for some vision, some knock us to our knees revelation, even perhaps just some basic reassurance that God in all God's awesome divinity is really there. But we do have our own spiritual mountaintop experiences and it would be great to just bask in the glow of these moments forever, like Peter, pitch a tent and stay there. We seek that spiritual connection right now here on YouTube 
in better times, and they will be back in our beautiful church building. We have all that inspiring physical beauty and liturgy, music that can bring us to tears. And we behind the scenes at St. Peter's are striving to keep that going. It's not always easy, by the way. Pandemic has allowed us to stay in our homes for Sunday worship, to be comfortable, perhaps sipping coffee, perhaps in comfy sweats or still in PJs, fluffy slippers or barefoot. Show of hands, who has real shoes on right now? Yeah, that's what I thought. We feel alive in these moments. We really feel our connection to God and our place in the body of Christ here on earth. And although it's not the same watching a screen, as hard as it is during the isolation of a pandemic, when it comes to that total connection and our personal mountaintop experiences, that's still the easy part. It's easy up on the beautiful mountaintop. It's easy in those quiet, quiet, contemplative, private, spiritual moments. It's even very easy and very comfortable praying together on YouTube church. And boy, do we need something to be easy right now, right? As we continue to struggle with all the issues surrounding this ongoing pandemic and the racial tensions, which have, of course, they've moved many to work towards healing and understanding of those issues, but that epidemic is still viral, make no mistake. We surely need spiritual strength to walk with Jesus up the mountain. No, Peter, not to live there, but just for a break. A vision, a glimpse of the divine to warm our hearts, open our eyes, recalibrate us, and bring us back from whatever was holding us down. Funny thing about the Bible, all the really exciting stuff seems to happen on mountaintops. Funny thing about mountaintops, you can't really stay there. You need to come back down at some point. And what happens on our spiritual mountaintop can't stay on the mountain. It's not like Vegas where everything's supposed to stay. It needs to be brought down from the mountain. It needs to become part of our lived faith, part of our reality. Our spiritual mountaintops sustain us, but we can't just pitch our tents and stay in a church building online worship, church groups and activities, Bible studies, all good things we need and we should do, but we don't get to live there. Everyday life beckons. There's family to attend to, homes to maintain, jobs to get done. And our spiritual connection of our mountaintop experience will stagnate up there, will dissipate into the thin mountain air if we don't bring it down the mountain outside of ourselves outside of our church experiences, even outside of our own personal spiritual practices. The key to a rich spiritual life is not just having mountaintop moments or getting a glimpse of the divine, but also bringing that divine presence into our daily lives, into our world down the mountain. Our mountaintop experiences prepare us and strengthen us for the world below. The world below, where not only are we to extend ourselves to others, but to deal with our own issues, our own very real problems, our jobs, our spouses, our children, and their problems, failing health of ourselves or loved ones, addictions, death, loss, and despair, 
all the 2020 that's spilling into 2021. We need our spiritual mountaintop to sustain us, to bring us joy and renewal, and to remind us that Jesus is our lifeline, our link to the divine, to the new covenant of love. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Yes, it's easy while we're praying together with beautiful liturgy and inspiring music. Not so much when you sign off, but that's where it needs to go. It needs to go with you. And that's the scary part, the life-changing part. Perhaps Peter wanted to get busy rustling up some tents just to avoid the truth of the divine vision he was witnessing. There was awe, but there was also fear on that mountain. And when they heard the voice of God instructing them to listen to Jesus, they knew their lives would change. Their lives would change. That can be our biggest fear, right? They knew their lives would change. Mark's gospel tells us they were terrified. In Matthew's account of the transfiguration, it says, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. Their lives would change because Jesus brings a new covenant, a covenant based on love. Today's gospel has everything to do with change, with new life, a glimpse of the divine, a new covenant based on love. And love is scary. So today's Valentine's Day. What better day to talk about love? And even on Valentine's Day, love can be scary. Why is love so scary? Well, there was a movie a few years ago called Crazy Stupid Love. But I'm not talking crazy stupid love here. I'm talking crazy scary love. I think it's scary because when we love, for whatever reason, when we love, our lives will change. And that's any kind of love. A new romantic interest, an old romantic interest rekindled, a new friend, new in-laws, a new baby, a new puppy. It's all scary love. Add to the mix the love that's the love of the new covenant. That's loving our neighbors, even our scary, not like us neighbors, even those who don't agree with us politically, even those who demand too much of us, even those who aren't wearing their masks properly, even those who threaten our well being. I'm getting a little scared right now. Love is scary because love changes things and change is scary. The love of the new covenant has implications that will and must change our lives. But love is not just scary. Love transforms and love transfigures. It will transform and transfigure us through faith, accepting and living our faith in the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Because accepting it means accepting what it demands of us. Because accepting it means stepping out of our comfort zone. Because accepting it means changing the way we do our lives. Lent is upon us. And we move toward that final mountaintop experience, Calvary. 
like the other mountaintop experiences, what happens on Calvary can't be isolated there. It needs to come down and become part of our essence. This Lent, I challenge all of us to build up that spiritual mountaintop, to create sacred space and time for ourselves in all we do together as a parish. But let's not let it rest there. That sacred space and time can't stay on the mountain. It needs to come down, held within our very souls so we can be ready always to recognize the divine when it's presented to us. Perhaps, and most likely, not as a dazzling vision, but as each person we encounter, whether in a screen box on Zoom or masked and socially distanced in person. That's the new covenant, the covenant of love. And yes, it can be crazy scary and it's gonna shake things up because love always does. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.